Welcome back to Common Sense Fantasy Baseball. I'm Drew, and I have uh, joining me again today, Zach Waxman. Zach, thanks for being on the podcast again. Hey, Drew. Thanks for having me. So you all may remember Zach uh, of, uh, you know, he has his own podcast, Draft Champions. Hopefully you're all listening to that. He's also on Twitter at Zach Roto. Um, so Zach and I actually did the first um, ADP run through that I, that I did. And I've, I've, I've done several with, with several other folks. And Zach and I are going to conclude it today. So, so we started it together and we're finishing it together. So, so I appreciate you, uh, you being there for uh, always up for talking ADP with me. Do we have time for a victory lap myself <laughs> on uh, Giancarlo Stanton? Oh yeah, man! I should have listened back to the to the episode, and, and uh, I could have <laughs> I called you out on anything you were wrong about. Or, yeah, <laughs> I, I know. You can't really be wrong yet, but you can you can definitely be well, right did, on fading. Well, we did the first couple of rounds. It's hard to be wrong unless <laughs> they got hurt. <laughs> they got hurt. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of it's sort of a cop out, but that is why I was avoiding him. So there you go. Yeah, I was. I've been thinking of players that I've I'm still avoiding, sort of at the top. Um, did a couple of Twitter polls on that. And it's interesting to, to, to think about that. Um, I think it's important to, to always, you know, sometimes I feel like fades are, are more important than, than targets, but uh, we'll get to all of that. Uh, one thing I wanted to start with, uh, kind of out of nowhere, really, is just, you know, all of the talk this year about aces and about the two aces, pocket aces, um, and then, you know, coupling that with the, all the news we've gotten about starting pitchers, you know, Severino. Uh, Clevenger, Chris Sale, um, you know, at least for now, being out for a few weeks or whatever. Even like later guys like Griffin Canning that I was certainly targeting. Is this changing anything for you? And sort of like remind me of your sort of take on on aces and and the whole pocket aces thing or or just starting pitching in general. Well, I, I'm not someone that needs to get two starting pitchers in the first four or five rounds. I I I generally um want to get a hitter in the first round and one that wants to and one that wants to run. Um that's been my strategy. So I'm I'm really aiming for those Jose Ramirez, Tatis um players if I don't get a, one of the first couple picks. Now that um pitching's uh the landscape's changing because of the injuries and some of them more serious than others, but some of them are still unknown, but I feel does this, that, does this uh, does the changing landscape make you want to push up pitching more? I guess that's kind of where I was going with that. Like, do you, do you feel like okay, well, since this is the case, maybe I'll go a little earlier on pitching, whether it's in the in the third round or the sixth round or the tenth round? No, uh, it actually it actually doesn't. It's it's actually gonna allow it actually is enticing me to to stack my my hitters more. Um, I don't know if it's right or wrong yet, but. What I've been, what my approach has been, is to, to go heavier on the hitters and um, be okay with a, with a pitcher in round five or six, uh, and then start uh, really um, focusing on pitching after that and getting a really solid pitching base because the the amount of good pitchers, uh, well, sorry, the amount of teams with really solid pitching in the first four rounds are going to be diminished because of the changing pitching landscape, and you know it might even, and it's still there's still a month to get worse. And don't forget, you're in, in especially in leagues with overall prizes. I'm taking the approach to, to stack those hitters in the first couple of rounds because you are going to be a, you're going to be against teams that have already drafted 
your Severinos, your Clevengers really high. So you're going to be, you're going to, you're just going to have that advantage. You're going to have five rounds of, say, say somebody took, um, just, t- just take, take your team drafting five hitters um, in the first five rounds. And let's say somebody drafted um, one pitcher in the first five rounds and four hitters. You're just going to have like five to four advantage on hitting for somebody that has an injured pitcher in the first rounds that drafted a month ago. So, yeah, you make a really good point. If somebody if somebody went, you know, with the two starting pitcher strategy you know, two starting pitchers in the first five rounds, let's say, and they got, you know, sale and Severino, then they're 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 looking really. In fact, in, in one one league, the Arizona Fall League uh, draft champions, I got uh, Clevenger in the second and Severino in the fourth. I think that was my only share of Severino, thankfully. Lucky you. Free league. <laughs> yeah. But uh but but yeah, what a mess. You know, like that team is is not gonna really have the the advantage of the two aces. Now I think that's you know I don't think that sort of uh you know is a is a deal breaker for me for the two aces thing. Um I, I want I wanted to say something about why I think one ace is valuable. I, I, I tweeted something, I don't know, a few weeks ago about sort of the difference in projected dollar value between the first, 10th, and 20th hitter and the first, 10th, and 20th pitcher. I don't have it right in front of me, but let's just say that the the pitchers, uh, the, the value trailed off a lot quicker than the hitters. So, you know, where the 20th starting pitcher, like, you know, ranked number 20, whoever that is for you, you know, Chris Paddock or whatever, um, versus the 20th hitter, it was like a 16 or $17 value versus like a 23 or $24 value. So it was just a huge, huge difference. And now... You know, Chris Paddock's going in the fourth and the 20th, you know, best hitter is probably going in the early third, I would guess. I haven't really counted it up. But still, I feel like if you're trying to go in and just sort of stack your team with value, those hitters in the first several rounds are worth quite a bit. However, at the very, very top, um, the number one hitter and the number one pitcher and just you know projected value were both right about 37 dollars and it was uh, remember if it was yelich or trout or acuna um i think it was Degrom uh, for on the pitching side but they were both right there at 37 dollars and so the idea to me is if you take a cole or Degrom or verlander or scherzer those are my top four um you know insert your guy that you think is going to pr- you know, produce that real top line value. And you may even believe it's only Cole, Cole and You know, you may even say, well, there's, there's question marks with the older guys, you know, but, but if you really get that top guy, even though you're probably going to have to pay mid first round value, if not more, uh, you can just bully hitting for the next five, six, you know, even more rounds. And you're giving yourself a real good chance to, to win your league. You know, I think that, I think again, you know, like you, you can take, I'm not sure why I'm picking on Chris Paddock, but, you know, you can take a fourth round or fifth round pitcher and and compete, you know, in pitching. But if you get that absolute ace, that that number one top guy, you you give yourself a a much better chance to win your league. So, you know, a lot of times it's me getting Verlander or even Scherzer late because I just seem to always have the 12th or 13th pick. But uh, I'm always at least trying to give myself that chance. And, And then from there, whether I go, two pitchers in the first five rounds or just the one. And I just, uh, I just take, you know, I just crush hitting after that. Um, like I did, like I've done in TGFBI. I just feel like that gives you a really good start. I think what you're saying in more words than, than 
in more in so many words is that uh, the people there's just a consensus that no no pitchers can jump up into that tier that you were talking about be it Cole just Cole and DeGrom or whoever you put in that tier but I think people think that there's uh, x number or a handful of hitters that can jump into like the Betts Bellinger range right I think that's I think that's the people I think that's the line of thinking that it's just so it's just so unfathomable that some that say Paddock, we'll keep picking on him, can jump into that tier. Um, and I think maybe it's because of the volume and maybe it, the, the, the innings pitched, and in particular in these draft champion leagues where like the volume is so important because there's no there's no waiver moves. Yeah, I think it's a great way to put it. And I'm trying to think like I don't even think I would say it was, it's unfathomable for like a like a Bueller or Flaherty or you know Snell to 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 be the number one overall pitcher. But I just think that, like, the floor on Cole and DeGrom, and, and for me, Verlander and Scherzer, is so, so high. And it's, gonna, and it's going to sort of uh, average out those categories that you need in, a, in ways that some of those other guys might do. But it's, it's really hard to count on them doing and, and returning first-round value. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I definitely, um, I definitely, I think we're, we're seeing similar things. That said, you know, I understand, um, you know, sort of trying different things. Um, and, and so for me, what it comes down to in trying different things is I'm, I'm always trying to get that number one. And so I don't, I haven't had to make the decision too much yet of would I take Garrett Cole over Acuna, Trout or Yelich? Um, I don't, I don't think that I would. But what I would probably try to do in that case is get a Snell or a Strasburg on the return, you know, and pick 29 or 30 or whatever uh, in the second round and at least give myself a chance. But I really do feel like, you know, those top four guys are going to be the only ones that you can really count on for the floor. But anyway, the, that's yeah, yeah, it's the innings, I think. Yeah, it's the innings and the fact that they've done it before and, you know, some of them very consistently over many years. So, it's, yeah, I. I agree. There, it's it's floor versus ceiling, but um, you know, only a few guys have have both. So, um, and that it's interesting in a, in a way that kind of leads into what I wanted to talk about next. And so we're going to go through some ADP here, and um, I wanted to kind of back up. And I, I've I've gotten through pick 270, so the 18th round in in 15 teamers. Um, but I wanted to kind of back up and think about something. And since you are the uh, the creator of the Draft Champions podcast, I think you're like the perfect person to talk about this with. And that is, in the first 10 rounds, um, whether you're in a Draft Champions League or a league with FAB, like a main event or um, TGFBI, you, you're pretty much just trying to get the best players you can. Um, but sometime, and I don't know, I don't have an exact cutoff, but sometime after the 10th round, so maybe after the 200th pick or uh, 250th pick, for me, the strategy really changes between a, a draft champions and a fab league. And I, I think you were saying you agree with this. And um, yeah. so let's talk about sort of some things that we do differently. I mean, I, I think one thing for me in a draft champions is the 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 player that's going to be sort of just above replacement value uh, in a in a fab league. Um, so say like a Cesar Hernandez. I don't want to pick on him because I really love him, <laughs> but let's just use him as let's say he's he's just above replacement value. Um, in a 
draft champions league, he gains a lot of value for me. Like Agreed. his value pretty much doubles. Um, and I, you know, I had him sort of penciled in on my board uh, and I passed over him in my, in my uh, TGFBI league in the, in the 17th or 18th round and somebody else took him. And, you know, I don't think I would have done that in a draft champions league because in a draft champions league, it's so important to get those at bats, you know, to get those, to get that volume. Um, so who are some players like that for you? Either, either that really, really gain value in um, a draft champions league or the opposite really gain value in a, a league with fab. Okay. I'm just going to look at the ADP and I, yeah, I totally agree with that. And the, 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 the imagery I'm, I'm sort of using is, uh, you ever played the game Jenga? Sure, yeah. So Jenga is it's sort of like you have a Jenga and you, uh, a Jenga building, and then that's your draft champions building where everything's filled in. But when you're looking at these RotoWire online championships that are 12, 12 teams, and I guess you play waivers, um, not I guess you do play waivers. You're sort of taking these blocks out of the out of the bottom, and you're putting them. And you're starting to put them well, not on top, but you're you're starting to rejig your 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 draft order. So someone like near the bottom that would be like sort of off your radar in the top uh, 23 rounds of a uh, of a draft champion league would be someone like um, Corey Knable that would really like that has that eye upside. You just want the, the, to use him on your bench like the last man at your bench because he could get saves in Milwaukee. Um, Another person that would really be uh, that that I'd be drafting at the at the end of a draft champions would be a Franchi Cordero or a Freddie Peralta. Those guys typically go outside of the top. Well, if you're looking at uh, 23 times 12, or times 15, or are you looking at uh, online championships? Uh, yeah, 30. Sorry, 30 times 12. Which is three out of your three outside oh, your top, yeah, yeah. Out, outside of the game, give it the ballpark three fifty outside of the top three fifty ADP. Those guys, well, at least were like the the Franchis, the Freddie Peraltas. Those guys are going outside the top three fifty in the draft champions because because of the un, unknown factor, like the the opposite factor of your Cesar Hernandez. But those are the guys I want in your in your um in the um the Fab leagues. So that's how that that's that's what di- that's what differs. And guys like um. I'll give an example of a guy that, that would that would gain value in um, for me in a, in a draft champions league. Somebody like Dylan Bundy, um, someone that I that I believe is going to get the innings. Um, uh, but um, but they some, may not be the best innings in the world. In might not words, be. Might not be to... the not, may not be the best. Like Garrett Richards or like well, maybe, maybe not. But um, yeah. So I've, so so, so yeah, I Des, agree. Desclafani with... is a guy too. I think I agreed with everything you said up until the pitcher thing, because for me in the uh, main event last year, now granted I was not doing the, the ACE thing at all. In fact, I waited till ugh, I'm embarrassed to say like the 10th round to get my first starting pitcher. So it was, it was a weird strategy and I, I don't intend to replicate it ever. But, um, but you know, the, the point is I, I did not cover my innings very well, just volume wise. So I do think there's something to be said, especially in a 15 teamer, um, maybe even more so than a 12 teamer, uh, for, for covering your volume at pitching, even in, you know, leagues with fab, because I, you know, I, I know some people picked up like Giolito early in the season and there were a couple other good starting pitcher pickups, but the best, the best thing I came up with the whole year, really, really trying to hammer the waivers on starting pitchers. I got Griffin Canning, which helped a little bit for a little while, and then he was gone. So 
I, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. very sympathetic to having to um, make sure you have your volume, even, even uh, in fab leagues. But more importantly, I'm totally with you on the fact that it's really about upside here. So like you said, Franchi Cordero and Freddie Peralta move up because of their upside. Uh, a guy like Cesar Hernandez moves down because of his lack of upside in a fab league because you can pick up a similar player or cobble together similar players uh, with fab. So we'll keep this in mind as today we're going to finish my journey through ADP. I've been wanting to get through round 20. So again, glad to have you with me, Zach, uh, to, to, at the end of all things or whatever. The, <laughs> but uh, we'll start with pick 271. And again, you know, we, we talked about this, but we're just looking at the last couple weeks um, uh, since mid-February through today. And we're just looking at draft champions leagues because we kind of want to focus on 15 teamers. But as we're going through this, maybe, maybe when we're targeting or avoiding a player, you and I can just discuss whether anything changes or if we're targeting or avoiding them in a draft champions format or a fab format. Good idea. Keep that, keep that in mind. Okay. So without further ado, here is the 19th round, um, at least right now. 271, Joey Votto. 272, AJ Pollock. 273, Buster Posey. 274, Scott Oberg. 275, Gregory Polanco. 276, Nick Solak. 277, Yanni Chirinos. 278, Brendan McKay. 279, Michael Kopech. 280, Danny Jansen. 281, Dylan Cease. 282, Mackenzie Gore. 283, Josh James. 284, Will Myers. And 285, Carter Keboom. So, Zach, who do you want to target or avoid in this range? My avoid would be A.J. Pollock. Yeah. Uh, I can agree with that. I don't, have not drafted him. And uh, I guess my reason would be he just scares me, injuries and all, and he's in the decline phase. Do you have any uh, more specific things? Well, one of the other things that I'm thinking is that um, Jock Peterson is probably a better player than him. Yeah, definitely uh, a lot more power. Yeah, I mean, Not- AJ Pollock is just, uh, you know, he's always been a conundrum. And now he has to deal with being a Dodger. <laughs> and and he's definitely not, uh, doesn't seem to be getting better. Kind of, kind of the opposite. So. Well, the, another thing is that Mookie Betts is not going to ride the bench. Cody Bellinger <laughs> is not going to ride the bench. And if they're facing a right-handed hitter, which is more than not the case, then Jock Peterson's a le- an excellent left-handed bat. Yeah. And the, the infield the infield's pretty full. Well, yeah, his best, best path to playing time, unfortunately, is Max Muncy moving to second and Lux going to the bench so Bellinger can go to first. And that's not anything anybody, especially Dodger fans, want to see. Uh, you don't want to trade your... You know, 21 year old or whatever, super, you know, future superstar to get AJ Pollock playing time. So hopefully no. for Dodgers fans, uh, management will agree with us on that and we'll be seeing Lux instead of AJ Pollock. So good fade. Um, yep. I think I, John and I might have actually talked about Joey Votto, but um, I think he's he's just kind of washed, unfortunately. When I see a guy who's in his mid-30s and 
all the peripherals are moving sort of in the wrong direction and their stats are doing the same thing, I just don't see any reason to believe that they're going to return to their former glory. I mean, this is this I, I, I don't see anything better in him than I do in Miguel Cabrera. I just these guys, unfortunately, um, you know, father time is undefeated. Right. So <laughs> I, yeah. just, I don't really see anything there. Yeah, I had hope for him last year to, to to turn it around a bit, but now I'm I'm with you. I don't I don't see it happening. He's my age. He's from he's he's, he's from Toronto. He actually was uh, he went to high school around here. With, uh, one of my buddies went to high school with Votto. Um, but that's nice. besides. But he's like again. He's like he's like I see the people around my age. Like I'm I'm 36. Um and um I like I play baseball. It's like yeah, it's it's tougher. It's like uh, he's he's not getting gonna get better. Sorry. Yeah. Well, staying on theme there, what do you think about Buster Posey? I've He's a guy that I drafted in a couple of draft champions leagues, just hoping because obviously at this point, you know, he's not, hopefully not your first catcher. And, you know, you're just hoping you'll get more um, plate appearances than some of the other catchers around here. Nothing, nothing really to get too excited about in this range. He's a, na- he's a name. He's, I don't know. He's uh, he's not getting better. I agree. He's not getting better. Um, I'm having a hard time believing he'll really get that 500 plate appearances anymore uh, at this point. But yeah. I guess I won't call him a hard fade. He's not a Who hard else do you want to talk about here? You're not. You're not paying. You're not going to pay a lot for him. You're, he's like he's like almost going last out of like the relevant catchers. Like he's going after Molina. Which he should be because. Um, I, well, what I, about I, him versus Danny Jansen, who is you know going a few picks later here? I just read his name off at pick two eighty. Would you rather have you know sort of the tried and true Buster Posey on the downslope or Danny Jansen hoping he'll improve? And I'll don't take, be I'll, influenced I'll, by the fact that you are a Toronto guy. <laughs> I am not influenced by that. I'll take Jansen though. I'll, I'll take, yeah, I'll, I think I'll, I will I'll take, too. I'll take my chances there. Uh, just because I like the, the the other factor I'm considering, especially in these draft champions leagues, um, in um, more so than the, the leagues with Fab, is um, Joey Bart. So in the second half of the year, I could see Posey losing some time, if not a lot of time, to Bart. Joey Bart. Okay, I didn't catch what you said. Yeah, no, that makes sense. But also, I, you know, I don't know how much I realized this, but Danny Danny Jansen might have been the most unlucky player. As far as expected average, his, his he he hit 207 last year, but his expected average average was 247. That's almost the same differential as Marcelo Zuna, Zuna fa- famously the other most unlucky. He was 47 uh, points off his batting average, or you know better than his batting average with his XBA. But uh, but yeah, I mean that's so so I, I really do feel like Danny Jansen got very unlucky. And if you look at some of the batted ball data too, uh, he probably should have had a few more home runs than he did. I mean, he he, he is a very vaunted prospect, and there's there's probably some upside from here. So yeah, it's 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 getting really hard to pick Buster Posey, and especially in a re, in a drought in a in a Fab league. I'm probably just not going to do that. So, right. Um, another player that kind of stands out to me has Gregory Polanco always been going here. It seems like he's moving up. He think he is. Yeah. What do you think about him, or do you have an opinion? I think it's about right here. I, I you know what this this round of players you've listed, I like a lot of the players because they have a lot of upside that um, the players you've mentioned. 
Uh, I could see them going in the first half of the 200s, even like a lot of these players, and it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's it's interesting here. I feel like you kind of have to to choose what kind of risk you want to take. So with Solak, there's a lot of unknowns. Um, he's going right after Gregory Polanco at 276. So with Solak, I, I really like him. I like a lot of uh, a lot of things he did, but he's still very much an unknown. I mean, I think he got just, you know, maybe a month of playing time last year. And um, we don't really know that the batting average is going to be up. His XBA was a little bit lower. We don't really know what the power is going to be like. We don't know how much he's going to run. He's definitely got some speed. But, I mean, you could say all of the exact same things about Gregory Polanco, right? I really don't think he's going to hit for a very good batting average. Something would have to change about, you know, his profile versus what he's done before. We know there's some power, but we don't know if it's going to be – we don't know how much. We don't know how healthy he's going to be. Um, the playing time is not probably as much at risk if he if he's healthy. But uh, it's a big question mark at pretty much all five categories for me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, then there's Scott Oberg, you know. Before that, we don't know that he's going to even have the, the job. It's well, We know it's going to be Wade Davis, so we don't – I'm not sure why you would draft Scott Oberg here. Um, other than hoping he's going to get the job. So a, a lot of question marks here. Um, I'm trying to look around in these 15 guys and see what I sort of believe in the most. You know, here, just to continue on my theme, Josh James at 283 and Will Myers at 284. I mean, can you imagine any more question marks than those guys? Like Josh James may or may not be a starter. <laughs> right. And Will Myers is, you know, he's fallen apart before our eyes, but you know, there's 25-25 upside. He might be traded to Boston. Yeah, wouldn't hurt. So, I, yeah, I'm having a little trouble in this range. And so, the, you know, this is an interesting thing. You know, in, in a draft Champions League, I really feel like I'm avoiding almost all of these guys. Like, maybe I'll take a chance on one of the catchers. Or, um, you know, I, I did get a couple shares of Solak. I kind of started backing off. Uh, with the playing time risk and the just the very small sample size with him, but now they're talking about playing him, so maybe maybe it's time to jump back on. But in a in a league with Fab, I think this is an interesting place to sort of take your pick and shoot your shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you, do you think the Solak would be pushed up if he wasn't utility only? Maybe a little bit, but you know you got to remember this is a guy that. You know, I'm just going to look it up on the fly here. I hate to hate to slow down the podcast, but, like, he did not get much time last year. 33 games, 135 plate appearances. And he got five home runs and two stolen bases with a 293 average. But that expected batting average, I believe, was 258, um, if I'm remembering correctly. I'm going to look that up, too. But, you know, so, so it's a pretty wide range. Yeah, 258. So he overperformed by – or, you know, he got lucky, so to speak, by – point zero three five so almost as lucky as who did i say danny jansen was unlucky um, right if we if we are to believe as i i tend to do in the expected batting average so yeah i mean there's there's enough question marks about solak that i feel like this is a reasonable range but i think you're right i think he'd probably be going around 250 if he was like a locked in third base option or something um i just i you know I'm questioning even taking him here because, well, I'll, I'll, I hope nobody from my uh, TGFBI is listening, but I'll just sort of like read some of the guys in my queue. 
and this is in the 19th round. So we're, we're just don't just don't put just don't put it on the podcast. Just leave the podcast. <laughs> oh, I don't care. The, the thing is, I have so many of these people that that like if somebody snipes me, I have like three others behind. So Sam Hilliard, who you like, is still available. So that's that's a strong option for upside. What pick um, are you at? This is uh, my next pick is going to be 282, so 19th round. Ooh, I took Hilliard at like 240. Oh wow! So you really do like him? I mean, I love him, but you know, I, I, of course, I'm worried about the playing time. I, I feel like Ian Desmond's going to get 500 play appearances. You know? Oh God, you're probably. But right. uh, then you've got Domingo Santana still on the board. Kevin Pilar is still on the board. Willie Adamas, if if you want to go a different position, Solak. Uh, there's there's a ton more guys in the outfield too. I don't even have most of them in my queue. Aristides Aquino is still on the board. <laughs> Hunter <laughs> Renfro, Nomar Mirzara, AJ Pollock, who we were just talking about, Mitch Haniger, Will Myers, who we were just talking about, Trent Grisham, a lot of people like. I mean, there are so many outfielders on the board here that I feel like are all big question marks. Um, you know, I, I, I kind of like Domingo Santana, but I, I don't know if I want to take him here. It, it's just, it's all. You know, I'm I'm almost tempted to just like wait two rounds and just take whichever one drops. And, I'm actually uh, on the clock myself, and you know what? All you're saying they're all they're all like all these outfielders are available. None of them are left here, and I'm at pick 268. So right right where we're talking about. Oh wow! Uh, so you're around ahead, and and all those guys are gone. Basically, like well, my the guys that like I have to choose from are AJ Pollock, who I don't want. Mm-hmm. Um, Gregory Polanco's there and Domingo Santana are there. Those are the guys I sort of have started off. And then you got Ian Happ. Um, are you looking to take an outfielder here? Yeah, I am because I need. I, I only have three outfielders yet so far. And what? And what? And one of them Tilliard. See, I don't know. I don't, I'm not really understanding why Domingo Santana is falling as far as he is. I mean, I don't think the projections have him for full time, but I don't. I'm not sure why he wouldn't get full time. Isn't he, isn't he supposed to be the DH, the, the full-time yeah. DH? Whether he's the DH or one of the outfielders, I mean, what else do they got? They've got Fran Mel Reyes and Oscar Mercado, but, you know, tell me what else is blocking Domingo Santana. Who else is like, who else is there in the outfield? They have oh, yeah. Jake, Jake Bowers. But like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's not inspiring to me. Uh, no. They have Luplo is apparently like a platoon guy that's really I'm good. Not, I'm not worried about him. Yeah. Greg Allen, are you are you concerned about Greg oh, Allen? Nah, no, but Delano DeShields they just traded for, and they traded for him and Clace for Kluber, um, and then Clace is out for like three months, so like they probably want to get some sort of value out of that Kluber trade. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like Domingo Santana is probably, I mean, I I don't want to say say bad things about Oscar Mercado, but I feel like those are the next best options after Fran Mel Reyes. I don't feel like there's anybody else who's really blocking Domingo Santana besides Reyes. And, you know, one of those guys will play DH and the other will be in the outfield. In my opinion, roster resource for what it's worth has him locked in uh, with full time and has Luplo and Greg Allen platooning and the shields coming off the bench. So, I mean, you know, take it for what it's worth. There's no, there's nothing set in stone, but you know, I guess I have to say, I feel like he's not even in our round of players to discuss. Maybe he's in next round, but Domingo Santana, maybe a little bit of a target here. Yeah, I'm leaning. I'm I'm going to think about it for another minute or two, uh, but uh, I think I'm leaning towards uh, choosing Santana here. Well, while you're talking, I'll 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 name a couple other guys here that you know. I, 
again, they're just not my guys. I'm not, I'm not, it's hard to have a hard fade in the 19th round, but like we've talked about most of these guys, but yeah, Yanni Chirinos, Brendan McKay, Michael Kopak. I just, I would rather take Kyle Gibson a couple rounds later or, you know, Austin Voth several rounds later, just t- take a shot somewhere else. I don't really feel like any of these guys are going to have the innings or the immediate production to, to really change my team. Um, Dylan Cease. Well, I don't know. You want to say anything about any of those three pitchers? Um, McKay, Kopech. Of all those guys, I like Kopech the most. um, Just because the innings, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to pencil him in for more than, I mean, he's coming off an injury too. You know, like, wow. All the projections have him under a hundred innings. So 86 for ATC, 92. You can't argue that too much. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to take a picture like that for me. Um, the, a little bit later, and and the, the ones that we just we just called out are Dylan Cease, Mackenzie Gore, and Josh James. I feel like I'd rather just take a shot on Gore, and then if he doesn't crack the rotation, maybe just drop him for something else, or you could try to hold on to him. What about Dylan Cease? I, I've I've seen him get a little bit of buzz. Yeah, he's like sort of in the same range as Kopeck for me. Um, yeah. I think Kopech has a little bit more upside, but I think Cisa, I believe I missed off the top of my head, I think he threw a lot of innings in the minors um, last year and the year before, like uh, relative to other minor leaguers. So I think he could he could help you a lot. And he is, I like both of them actually at this price, especially in non in in fab leagues. But um, yeah. if, I, if my roster is built for it, I like those guys. So if it's really going like this with these, I don't know how many pitchers I just named, six pitchers, if you want to include Josh James as well going right here, I think I would probably take Cease and just roll the dice. But, I mean, again, I don't think you're looking at 160 to 180 innings. You know, all the projections have him for right around 125 or 130 innings. And, unfortunately, I still think, you know, there's, there's growing room here with Cease. So, I'm probably just ignoring these pitchers, especially in a league with Fab, unless I want to take a stab on Mackenzie Gore or, or I was going to say or Josh James, but I just don't think I'm doing it. Uh, last couple players in, that we haven't touched on really are Will Myers and Carter Keyboom. And again, just zillions of question marks. I mean, Keyboom, how much time do we need to plan for growing room? How much playing time is he going to get? Will Myers, how much playing time is he going to get? And is he going to hit better than 230? And, you know, how much is he going to get to run? And where is he going to play? <laughs> like, what team is he going to be on? It's definitely a lot of yeah. question marks. Are you drafting either of these guys? Um, yeah, I think I think I, I like them. I, I like um, – I'm, I'm not looking at um, Will Myers too much, but Josh James I like a lot. Okay. Yeah, I was mainly talking about Keyboom or Myers here, but yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Um, I I thought I, I thought you meant no, anyone. It's, they, it's fine. Do you have any? Uh, you want to say anything about Josh James? I just I know I just wanted to say that I, I would uh, of those pitchers I would probably target Josh James um the most out of uh, the pitchers that you listed before that. Over you, Gore if, even. Um, not over Gore. No. See, I think that I think those two definitely have the highest upside, but there are of course question marks with both. And, and, you know, number one being, are either of them going to have a job out of the, out of you know the spring? Um, and, and so I, don't, James, I, don't, I don't draft to wait for reports to, to hear whether or not they get the jobs. I, 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 my, my mind is made up in I'm drafting 
um, how I feel is what's going to shake out because I don't want to, I don't, I want to be, I want to be first to get first, first to, to get that player, um, how, how he's going to be valued. If, um, if I'm explaining that right, but uh, Josh James, I'm assuming he has a job because that Houston rotation is really, there's nothing, there's, there's really not much to compete with. People yeah. Are injured, I, I, people think, are... I think I understand what you're saying. Like you, you don't want to wait for him to get, you know, you don't want to wait until you lose out on him five times until you realize what his ADP is supposed to be. You want to get him where you think his value should be. Um, you know, with with, with James, I, I do think there are some things like the walk rate, there possible concerns. Maybe he's better in the bullpen. Um, but Mackenzie Gore, I feel like when he gets the job, he's going to be the man. So, like, I'm okay throwing away, so to speak, a 19th round pick. Um you know, for the chance that he gets the job, it's just a matter of who else is in my, you know, if Domingo Santana is in my queue here, you know, and I need an outfielder probably going that, you know, or, you know, not necessarily Santana, but some, you know, Sam Hilliard, if he's still around, I'm, I'm probably more likely to take what, whatever's dropping here than to sort of quote unquote reach for Mackenzie Gore. But, uh, Anyway, it, it's definitely a round where if you feel strongly about a player, I think it's worth sort of, d- you know, doing doing a deep dive and, and deciding, do I want is this where I want to shoot my shot? Because, uh, you know, I, I was sort of feeling that way about some of these guys like Nick Solak. And and now, you know, I'm more I'm more in the let's take whatever falls kind of camp. So uh, I said we move on to the uh, 19th round. I mean, the 20th round and we, we see if it's uh, more of the same. Okay. All right. So here we go. Pick 286, Garrett Richards. 287, Dallas Keuchel. 288, Corey Dickerson. 289, Daniel Hudson. 290, Michael Givens. 291, Miles Mikolas. That's going down, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 292, our boy Domingo Santana. <laughs> 293, Stephen Matz. 294, Austin Riley. 295, Dylan Carlson. 296, Kyle Seeger. 297, Willie Adamas. Here, here. 298, Trent Grisham. 299, Kurt Suzuki. And 300, Robin Centurinos. Right about where he's going last year, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe a little later. So anyway, uh, well, what do you want to say about this, this uh, crack team here? Well... This this round, I'm looking to fade probably the scarce categories or scarce positions. I don't want to get – I'm not interested in those catchers because they are at best, in my opinion, 50-50 uh, timeshares. Or wait a second, maybe not. Kurt Suzuki's got a timeshare with Gomes. But Chirinos um, – well, I'll say I'm a fade on Suzuki and I'm a fade on um, – uh, Michael Gibbons, uh, just because if I'm going to be using a roster spot on a closer that's going to be getting me saves and I'm going to be forfeiting all those innings, Ks, and wins, I want somebody that's going to actually get me saves, not like maximum 20 the entire year, being on a horrific team. So I'd rather, much rather take a shot on someone like um, a maybe closer on Seattle than him, especially given the ADP differential. Um, I think a guy like Dylan Carlson is going to move up. I almost guarantee you this ADP will not last given the spring training that he's having. Uh, it's, it's a matter of time before his ADP goes up because of that or, be, or because news already comes out. 100%. Yeah. Dylan Carlson should be, if you can get him at pick 295, he should be a big target here because, yeah, I'm, I mean, even if he doesn't get a spot right out uh, of the of spring training, um, I, I think he's – 
he's not going to be long for the minors. And he's one of the rare players that if you can get him in the 20th round, he's probably worth stashing. Stashing. Now this, you know, the, this is coming from the guy who stashed Kyle Tucker for you know four months last year and then dropped him right before he came up. I was but, just going to ask you, Kyle Tucker or Dylan Carlson for this year? Yeah. Oh, 100% Dylan Carlson, not just because of where he's going, but, you know, Kyle Tucker, I, I recently heard James Anderson uh, on Bench with Bubba, and he was he was really casting a lot of doubts on Kyle Tucker, not just the playing time, but like, how, how fast is he really? Is he really going to steal 20 plus bases, you know, and, and you know, what's the average going to be like? And just there's enough doubt in the profile that yeah, I think he's got real power. I think he's got some speed. I think he could someday be a, you know, like a 30-10 type guy or a 30-15 maybe. I just I'm not willing to gamble on a guy and and again, I'm not even bringing into account here that you have to take Kyle Tucker in the ninth or 10th round. But I'm just not I'm not I don't I don't feel like it's a good gamble to to try to get a guy with Kyle Tucker upside when I think Dylan Carlson has even better upside uh, with maybe only a slightly less chance of, of starting the team of starting with the team with a full-time role because and another thing, you know, like when Dylan Carlson does come up, which I feel like is going to happen, I feel like he's going to have more of a full-time role. Like they're not going to bring Dylan Carlson up and platoon him. Right. I so, agree. So, if, you know, if, if you're offering me either of those guys, Straight up and in the fifteenth round, let's just say, I think I'm still going Carlson. Now I I agree with you. There might be other players that I would take there. There's certainly other players that I'm taking besides Kyle Tucker in the tenth or eleventh round or the ninth, wherever he's going. Because <laughs> I'm not getting, I'm not drafting Kyle Tucker. I think I did get I dropped him once a month or two ago. But but now you know now as I'm clarifying my thinking, I'm like, man, this is a steal. Really, for Dylan Carlson, if that's what you're, if you're looking for that kind of stuff. So he went in my TGFBI league in like the 16th round or so, maybe even before that. I don't know. He so got I, taken. He got taken by Matt Thompson in my league, but in like pick 230. He, yeah. just, he says, you know what? Some I, I know it's early, but somebody's gonna grab him. I think that's a great call. I, I don't, you know, again, like with especially with these fab leagues, one of the big points for me is again remembering replacement value. That's the that's the huge difference. In draft champions, you don't have replacement value. You know what you get is what you got. But if I if 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 I have to um, you know replace a player that I took in the 16th round or the 15th round or the 14th round, it's not the end of the world in a in a league with Fab. Um, and so and and especially if it's a Dylan Carlson, you only have to replace the first month or so, and then you've got a a real stud. So I you know he's been killing it. In the uh, in spring training so far, I think he's had two games already where he got three hits or, or reached. Or he was on, he reached uh, three times. I think it was. So he's he's got good plate discipline. He's getting walks. He's getting hits. Uh, it's he's really pressing the issue for the for the Cardinals. Yeah. So I that's think, a good. Uh, I, I love him. I, I'm I'm gonna. Uh, one of our next podcast is gonna be a player debate, not uh, players that are close in ADP, but players that are very far in ADP. And one of those debates is gonna be Dylan Carlson versus Kyle Tucker, straight up. Um, well, you got you got my answer. I know. I know. <laughs> um, let's see what else here. I, I I'm again sort of not really getting a lot of these pitchers because it's like there are guys going in the next three or four rounds that I'm more than happy to wait on 
So Garrett Richards could be great. You know, Dallas Keuchel could could bounce back to some extent. Who else is going here? Miles Miklas, if he gets healthy, could be okay. I'm not, I don't want it, I don't want anything to do with him. I'm I'm just not getting any of these guys. Uh, Steven Matz. Um, I guess that's I guess that's it right here. Did I name them all? Well, Michael Gibbons at at relief pitcher. <laughs> I think I'm pretty much you know solidly fading any Oriole relief pitcher. There's just I mean if you want to get Hunter Harvey in your last round, be my guest. But the Orioles play a lot of games there, and and Gibbons wasn't even that bad last year. I think he got like nine saves or something. Maybe I'm exaggerating a little bit, but it's not a great place to play for saves. Another thing is they're only going to win 40 games this year. So it's just like <laughs> how many save opportunities are they going to have? But, um, but yeah, sure. I, I think, I think, um, so let's see. So, so the pitchers, I'm kind of meh. Um, Domingo Santana, we said that's a pretty decent target. I mean, Domingo Santana, I'll, I'll talk about for just a second. I mean, I, I do think people, so he's had plenty of, of issues getting jerked around and plenty of issues with, um, well, just last year it was injury. Um, but before that injury, I don't. I mean, I'm sure some people remember he was he was one of the uh, best performing players in the first couple months last year, and he even ended the season with a uh, top 100 uh, barrels per plate appearance and barrels per, per batted ball. So he's he's definitely got some upside, and um, I I you know the the batting average is not going to be anything like pristine, but I don't think it's, you know, it's not in the realm where it's going to kill you. And it's hard for me to get a good handle on what the stolen bases are going to be like. So I feel like he's sort of a potential three and a half category guy, so to speak. And it's not going to hurt you. Anyway. Yeah, I think, I think you could steal some bases for sure. Yeah. I think that could be, that could be anywhere from a, a plus to a, to a big plus in that category. But I do think he's going to help you out in power. And, um, you know, it just kind of depends on the playing time for everything else. But I just don't, you know, he's not going to hurt you anywhere. And for a guy with upside in the 20th round, it's not going to hurt you anywhere. It's hard to, it's hard oh. to complain. Like let, me com- like, let me compare him. I mean, he's I mean, not Dylan Carlson. <laughs> but Austin Riley going later this round, I feel like the the power upside might be a little bit more. But he doesn't have the not hurt you factor of... <laughs> Domingo Santana, because I, I really do think Riley has has got a lot of, uh, you know, a, a lot of improvements to make before he can really hit for a, a, an even decent, solid batting average. I don't think he's ever going to be a 300 hitter, but, a, you know, he, his expected batting average last year was 225, right, right alongside his 226 average that he turned in. So, hmm. you know, he's got some... There's, there's going to be some growing pains, I think, with Austin Riley. And I'm, I'm not opposed to getting him for the power, but this is not the right price to pay. I would rather have Cole Calhoun four rounds later or, you know, um, even take a shot on one of the uh, bounce back guys going even later than that. So, so I, I do feel like all of the other players going around here, especially the other outfielders, make Domingo Santana look pretty um, – pretty attractive i will say about trent grisham that um we talked about him a little i think it was last podcast with john and he really liked him um if i'm mistaking that it was one of my other recent guests that really liked Trent <laughs> Grisham. but uh i would you know 
I kind of played ignorance on that. I, again, I feel like maybe like Austin Riley, uh, Trent Grisham has some some growing pains to go through before he gets there. But uh, I, I do know that a lot of smart people like him. Um, and then there's Corey Dickerson up here too. Uh, Corey Dickerson's another sort of enigmatic outfielder. Uh, you know, he'll he'll bat. 260 one year and 290 the next year and i really don't know who the real Corey dickerson is so yeah he's sort of um, like a, a boring guy that you get pushed down people forget about him yeah the power is not really like top flight so it's it's easy to get bored when you're when you're looking at him i mean like i think if he hit 290 every year he'd be a lot more attractive he'd be more like a like a brian reynolds type situation um but his sort of lack of consistency hurts him so um so we like dylan carlson a lot we like domingo santana somewhat there's not oh um two two infielders here that i think that i find interesting kyle seager and willie adamas do you have opinions on either of those guys uh kyle seager i'm having a tough time taking in um even before the reserve rounds just because of what what his track record what his recent track record is um, Adam is, uh, Willie Adams, Adam is, uh, how do you pronounce his name? I say Adamas and, uh, I don't ever claim to be right about these things. So. All right. Well, we, we know who we're talking about him. Um, I like, I like him more than Kyle Seeger. Um, he's going to stick in that lineup for basically an everyday player. Um, I know you're like my concern on that team is people are going to, um, they're going to bring up some of the minor leaguers this year that are just extremely talented. But I saw just, I just saw news that uh, Wander Franco is um, joining the Dominican team uh, now, and they're going to play, I think, the the Olympics in July. So that pretty much solidifies that he's not going to be up until earliest August. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's just ugh, the Rays, man. The Rays and the Rockies. It's like, why did they do this to me? And the Dodgers. But, uh, yeah, no, I kind of agree. I kind of, actually kind of like both these guys. Um, Kyle Seeger, weirdly enough, had a um, 239 batting average last year. His expected average was 264. So that's that surprised me a little bit on Kyle Seager. So you know, I, I don't think I've drafted Kyle Seager yet. But if if you're struggling at third base, it's kind of good to know that he's available here. Uh, you know, I know you got like Yuli Gurriel in the 13th round recently or something. So you know, there are a lot of better options at third base, even in the teens rounds. But uh, you know, it does. It, it is a little comforting to me to know that Kyle Seager is here if you absolutely need him. I, I, I don't think he's your, a great option, but and I'm not targeting him. But it's 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 worth knowing that he's available here. And then Willie Adama is, is a guy that I really like to take the next step. But I, you know, and and I think I've heard it said by many smart people that he and Austin Meadows are the ones that they're not going to jerk around for playing time. But He's not Austin Meadows, and I just I just don't know if I believe that, you know. So you'd like to think he's going to get a full run this year and and take have a chance to really take the next step to being like a like a top top 100 hitter, but uh, you know I'm I'm not super confident. That's I'm, I'm just I'm just looking afterwards. I see Travis Shaw going after Kyle Seager. Um, that's what I'd rather I'd almost rather Travis Shaw. Ugh, I'm just, I'm so off on Travis Shaw. I just can't, I just, it's weird to me. I don't really have a good explanation for it other than I think he was, a, he was actually rather, 
luck isn't really the right word. I just think he was playing at his like 99% outcome. <laughs> that's, the, that's the worst phrasing I've ever used, but you, you know what I'm <laughs> saying? Like he, I just feel like he was overperforming and he was earning it, but he was just kind of like, I used to watch him at the plate because I had him on a team in 2018. And I was just like, this guy looks like he's about to have a stroke or something. He's, he's really like, I'm not sure if it's his vision, but like he's trying really hard to see the ball, but like he was so, you know, focused in and, but he, but he kind of looked like he was, he was squinting. He was having a hard time. I, I, again, like, I don't know if it's a sight. I don't know if it's, I don't know what it is, but it, it's like, he seemed to me like a player who was hanging on by a thread to what he was, which was a, you know, 250, 30 home run guy, which is a valuable guy. But I think I would, I'd probably take Jonathan Scope for him, honestly. Like, different position, but, you know, I'm just, I, I just don't know. And, I, and Jonathan Scope is not a guy I like, which is why I threw that out. But I, I definitely would prefer Kyle Seeger, um, even if you have to pay for him a couple rounds earlier. I heard um, I heard that uh, Travis Shaw tried to change his swing last year and it screwed him up completely and he's going back to his old swing. Just something to give you hope. That's no, that's good. I, yeah, I've heard that too. And and again, that those those things like uh, oh gosh, what was it recently about like Joe Musgrove is going to throw the ball in the zone more? I'm probably getting the wrong picture, but you know like people are out of you know throw his slider more. You know you hear all that, that those kind of things and it's really hard to know whether you know whether to believe any of it and even so let's say it's 100 percent true he was working on his swing and that was messing him up well if he goes back to his old swing is he gonna get everything back you know it's it's always always question marks for me and with Shaw it's like question marks on top of question marks because I really didn't like him in the first place so uh right I could be completely wrong and and you're, you know I'm this is not something where I'm trying to um like correct you on Travis Shaw. This is just sort of my take, and um, you know, I'm so 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 don't hear me. I'm not confident in this. This is just the way that I feel after watching him myself. So I'm not uh, a big Travis those, Shaw. I'm not a big Travis Shaw guy myself, but I'm not a big Kyle Seager guy either. So I'm just. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Uh, so Willie Adamas here. I think if you're looking for for a, for a good bet, you know, I think he's he's reasonable, especially if, you know, like a lot of times at shortstop. Um, in the TGFBI, my first shortstop, my first and only shortstop so far is Dansby Swanson. So that's great. I love Dansby. But if I'm going to back him up, um, I'm probably running out of options pretty soon after Willie Adamas. In fact, I don't think there's a shortstop that I really love after Willie Adamas uh, that I'm convinced is actually going to have playing time. So that's an interesting I kind of I kind of like to think about players like these, even if I don't end up drafting them like Kyle Seeger and Willie Damas might be the last guys I'm super comfortable rolling out at their positions. So, hmm. you know, com- I, I like. Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Uh, no, I'm just saying that's a good point. So uh, I like Nico Horner, but I'm not convinced he's going to have playing time. And I like, you know, other other guys, maybe even at third base. I, I don't know. I can't really think of any. Uh, well, how about Alec Bohm? You know, like he's a question mark because he's because he hasn't come up yet. But you know, it's it's always like playing time or some other question mark. These guys are the last somewhat steady guys that that I feel okay about if I've missed on all else. So yeah, is, is Alec Bohm a guy you're you're looking at in uh, leagues waivers? That's a really good question because he's a guy that I drafted once or twice in draft champions leagues. I really don't see myself getting him in leagues with waivers because 
for one thing, you know, I, I really, I'm not going to take too many guys that I'm not sure have a job. Dylan Carlson is a big exception because I think his upside is super high, but yeah, I mean, the, the thing is between round 20 and round 30 of a, of a 15 team league with a, with fab, there are so many pitchers that you can just grab and see if they work out. You know, I mentioned Austin Voth earlier, Justice Sheffield, um, who are some of the guys that have come up recently? Oh, Jordan Montgomery. Um, gosh, I could I could probably name 20 if I sat here and thought about it. That you can just grab in you know the 21st through the 30th round. Even if you're taking you know um, guys in the you know 28th, 29th, 30th that you expect to drop, it doesn't matter. You know, like you're going to be dropping somebody because somebody's going to pop up that you want to pick up. So. Starting pitchers that actually have jobs to me are the the best values in the in the twenties rounds. Um, so I'm I'm planning to get quite a few of those, and uh, just hope just just see who works out and who doesn't. So yeah, um, doesn't really doesn't really seem like I'm I'm going to be getting a lot of hitters that I'm just taking a stab on. You know, there are going to be guys like that 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 pop up later, and you can just play the waivers. But I'm certainly not going to draft bomb. Um, if I'm not sure that he has a role uh, out of the gate. Right. Fair enough. Well, that's it, man. We, we hit 300. Do you want to sort of like scroll down with me and um, maybe we don't have to do fades because we're outside the top 300, but it, maybe there's a couple guys in here that you're targeting that will jump out. Sure. I, I see it. I see it. Pick 307. Kevin Pilar. Pilar, PR? How do you say that? But um, Pilar. Pilar. Yeah. What do you think about him? I know he's he's probably got a job in Boston. I mean, they traded for him, so no, they they signed him. They signed um, him. They, they Verdugo is going to be out for at least a month, it seems, and he, he'll help patrol, I guess, right field. So or, is the price right for you? Uh, as far as you know, yeah, clearly yeah. he's going to be I the guy him, for a month, and then he I saw him play in Toronto quite a bit. And he just had a, I don't, I don't get it. He had his best year ever in San Francisco with his most home runs in the worst ballpark. Um, he's what 32 ish. Um, I, I see it as a fluke last year. I don't, I, I see value. I, I see he's overvalued. Okay. So you're not buying. I'm not buying him there. No. I guess the, 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 no, the, the mark in his favor would be he's had 14 or 15 stolen bases each of the last four seasons. So if you need just a little bit of a bump there without giving up too much, he might be a, a guy. But, yeah, it is a little bit weird that he had 20-plus home runs and 80-plus runs and 80-plus RBI. All of those last year were the first time he'd ever done it. <laughs> so he, he had career bests in three categories. Uh, so don't be looking for him to repeat. That's a good, that's a good word. I, I'm glad you said that. Cause I was definitely, you know, at this point, I'm just trying to fill out a few categories and I, you know, stolen bases is always something that you can grab a few more and never feel bad about. But, um, uh, Pilar is definitely a guy to wait and see if he drops. Yeah, Absolutely. You got anybody here? Uh, I'm not really. How far? How far? How far? Yeah, I guess I was going to ask you for a range. How far? (laughs) How far do you want to? We're going to scroll down here. Um, Go like 
Go like, uh, you know, between 300 and 350. I mean, I, I see Travis Shaw there at 340. Evan, Evan, Evan White. I like Evan White. I think he's close. Uh, you're talking he my language. He hasn't, no, moved up, he hasn't moved up enough. Um, he's probably going to get that uh, starting job as long as he's healthy uh, at first base. Um, I think the value is definitely right there. He's getting drafted the like in the auctions I am I'm in. He's getting drafted in the in, as a starter. So um, yeah. I don't know I don't know why his ADP is around after 350. People I don't get it. No, yeah, that's a good call out. I really can't release this now. Hopefully my uh, my TGFBI will go through a few more rounds so I can grab him. Yeah, me too. Matt, <laughs> me too. Matt McGill is still going at like 330 something. That's that's kind of weird. I mean, I, I know it's the Mariners, and I know it's not 100% sure that he's the guy, but uh, a chance at a closer, there's really not a lot else. I mean, you could even grab him and then take Hirano with your last pick if you're worried about Hirano, but uh, Matt McGill had the job at the end of the season. That That kind of goes a long way for me. Yeah, I think that's a good. I think that's a great call. That's a great call for value uh, at this point for sure. And basically, anybody here you like. I mean, I could even see you know some of the bounce back guys. Let me ask you about one player that I really don't have an opinion on, but like um, at at three thirty something, maybe three forty something. Matt Carpenter. Do you have any thoughts on him, and if there is a, any chance of a bounce back? And I'm not looking at him even having a chance to reproduce his 2018, but he just fell off the map last year. Do you know if it was, this is a great pod because I'm basically just asking you questions instead of looking them up. But I mean, like <laughs> was, was it all injury based last year or was it, was it just struggles with that? Or, I mean, I don't understand how he fell so hard. He that, was, I do not know that. Um, but uh, looking at, he was injured. I know that, but, the year, this 2018 was sort of an outlier um, of seasons yeah. uh, in terms of po- like the power. He's not stealing your bases. Um, he's never really been a good like he hasn't like even in his best year in 2018 he only hit 257. So um, the injury and and the age. He's now 34. Um, I don't. I'm not interested in him. Uh, well, I'll tell you a guy I like better right around here for a bounce back, and that's Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano had a bunch of injuries last year, and he's getting super old. You know, what is he, 37, 38? I mean, he's older yeah, than you, 30, 30, 30, <laughs> He's 37. Yeah, he is older than me. But he, his expected average last year, you want to take a guess? I'd uh, guess 380. Or sorry, 280, 280. 280 is right on the nose. Um, yeah. And, you know, he hit 256, so – Uh, And I think, you know, it's pretty easy to sort of see him as a decline phase guy. And he may very well be. But, I mean, at pick 340 or whatever, uh, I could see a lot lot of worse bets. And I'll even, you know, I'll say that for Carpenter, too. I'm obviously not talking from a position of great knowledge here (laughs) because I was just asking you what's the deal with Matt Carpenter. But I do think, like, you you know, again, we're talking about fab leagues. Like, these are guys who – in a draft champions league, I'm completely, especially Carpenter, I'm completely ignoring because I just don't know. But in a, in a read, in a, in a fab league, and this is like your 24th round or 23rd round pick out of 30. If you pick up a guy here and you end up dropping him a week into the season, it's totally fine. It's not, it's not going to hurt you. Um, 
obviously you want to use your picks as wisely as you can, but if you come up to this point and you need these positions, it's not bad to, to, um, bet on the 20% outcome for a guy, in my opinion, and just hope for, you know, hope to shoot the moon because you're going to find out real quick if, if Matt Carpenter is hitting the Mendoza line again, like he did to start last year, or if he's, if he's bouncing back. So just a little strategy thought. I don't know how novel it is. My, my thoughts on Cano are that you're paying, you're basically paying, you're still paying for his upside at this point. Yeah. Like he's zero stolen bases, his power the last couple of years, besides like, Besides, like, the la- over the last, like, six years, besides one year in 2016, his power has been, like, low 20 home runs. So he's not doing you any favorites there. He's not hitting 300 anymore. I guarantee you that. Um, but if he hits 280 and 20 home runs and stays in the, you know, the middle of that lineup and gets, you know, I don't know, 75 runs and 80 RBIs, I mean, that's super valuable for this slate in the draft. It is, but that's, like, his upside, right? Yeah. Definitely. You're, you're, you know, I feel like for all these guys, you're paying for upside. But I mean, what what's a good floor player here after pick 300? Well, that's a good question. Let's see. Um, I, I like Evan White, too. And, and I think I would pick him over these other guys I'm throwing out there. But I'm having a hard time finding any sort of sure things after pick 300. OK, I'll, I'll go through here. I'll, I'll uh, tell me if you agree or disagree. I'm, I'll tell you I'll tell you the players that I like more than Robinson Cano after his pick. Um, Mike Talkman. Um, uh, I don't, I think Talkman's a little overrated. I think he's going to, I think his batting average is going to be meh and I don't know about the speed either. Um, and you know, he doesn't have great power. I think he could be like a, like a 2010, 250 guy. Mm, yeah, I, I don't disagree. I just, in the rain, in my, my range of outcomes in my, my range of outcomes in my projections, I have him a bit higher. Uh, another guy is Shed Long, and another guy is that uh, I saw is Nico Horner, and then a third, guy, a fourth guy is Kyle Lewis. I'd rather have all those guys over Cano. So I wouldn't. I would. I think I prefer Cano. Nico Horner, I would. I would pick in a heartbeat if he was starting from day one for sure. But I don't think that's the case at all. In fact, I think they've. I mean, unless I'm um, behind on my information, I feel like they've intimated that they're gonna be starting him in Triple A. Um, Nico Hmm. yeah I think that's the problem with him Um, Kyle Lewis is just a big question mark Uh, I I feel like his batting average is going to be bad Um, I don't I I don't know enough about him to say if it's going to be 240 or you know out out of the league bad like 220 or something I, I, I believe he has some power but I just I think you know if you're drafting Cano for, you know, for what you feel the ce- the ceiling will be, you're definitely doing that with Kyle Lewis. And who was the third guy you said? Um, third guy. Lewis. Um, I have another guy that I want to list as well. <laughs> after okay. That. All right. Uh, it was um, but now it's, now it's bothering me. Who did I say? I said I said Shed. Was Shed Long? Shed Long. Yeah, that's that's another guy. Um, who. I think is a total question mark. Uh, his expected average in the very short sample he got was 215. So that could go in any number of directions. Um, and I just don't know. I mean, I guess what I'm saying is my, my point in the beginning was that none of these guys are really floor guys. So uh, True. I 
definitely agree with that. I think everybody you're getting here, even even guys like Evan White, who I love, uh, you're hoping for, you know, the 80, or you're hoping for like the 20% outcome to come true. You know, like it's, there's not a great chance that Evan White comes right up, hits 300, knocks 30 dingers, steals a 10, 15 bases. There's not, there's not, a, there's not a lot of chance that that happens. That's maybe not even the 20% out. That might be the, the, the 2% outcome, but it's there. And like, there is an outcome where Cano hits 290 and has 25 plus home runs and is a you know top 100 player. Um, it may be the 5% outcome. You could argue that it's the 1% outcome, but that's why I like it. And, and so, so maybe, uh, let's, <laughs> maybe we can bring this to a close. Cause I think obviously you're, uh, you can say that about anyone and it's like, well, if Franchi Cordero gets his 1% outcome, he's a top 50 player, but, um, <laughs> yeah, true. Very true. But, I, I, but, uh, I, I almost listed him, but I know I do. There's a lot of upside there. One, one you play, don't have to go ahead. One play, one, I'll give you one more. I know, okay. I know, you, I know you're not asking for it, but I'll give you one more. Eric, <laughs> Eric Thames. Okay, to sell me on Thames. Or so I, I believe Thames. that he's going to be playing first base for the Nationals, and I think he's going to, he's going to platoon um, uh, on the strong side. So I think he's going to get uh, the, the lion's share of at bats at first base, and I think he can hit you um, easily 30 home runs uh, from from that spot in over the course of the season. And he's not going to, he's not going to bring down your batting average quite as much because he's not going to face the left-handers. Yeah, I guess that, that that's a possibility. I just why are they going to play him over Howie Kendrick, who hit 3.44 last year with 17 home runs and just 370 plate appearances? Like Howie Kendrick's woba was like top five in the entire league. His ex woba too. I mean, he's just he he mashed last year, and I just have a hard time thinking he's just coming off the bench to spell these guys. And then of course Ryan Zimmerman's a problem too. Um, yeah, I'm just I just think it's a lot. I, I, so, so Washington is a team where I find myself not getting any of these guys because um, I don't I, I think um, I actually talked with Jason Martinez of Roster Resource a couple months ago. I would love to talk to him again because I, I wonder if he would say that this is one of the hardest teams to to figure because. They it, it seems like the the island of misfit toys, right? You know, like they they've got all these guys that are good players, but none of them are like they're not they're not filling in for Rendon here. You know, they're just they're cobbling it together. You know, so they've got Ryan Zimmerman. You know, can, can be a great player. He hasn't had much health going for him the last few years. Um, Howie Kendrick, we just saw, you know, call it the five percent outcome for him, but he was incredible last year. Um, Estrubal Cabrera has been really good, um, in smaller samples. And so that, you know, roster resource has him coming off the bench now. Starling Castro really turned it on at the end of last season. They've got all these guys that, that could work out, but they don't have a Nolan Arenado or an Anthony Rendon. They don't have a superstar. And so I'm a little nervous that it might be a hot hand situation or it might just be. You know, if, if Eric Thames goes a little bit cold, he could he could be in the minors or he could I don't know if he has options. He could be out uh, of the lineup for sure. Yeah, that's true. I, I, you know, what, you you have cooled my jets a little bit on that. But <laughs> but I, I don't hate it um, at this at this price. I think that's what I was oh. kind of getting at uh, is that, you know, go with who you believe in here. Um, it's kind of interesting to throw out the guys we like. But uh, I, I think we, we probably ought to cool it there. And again, I want to make my point about. All the pitchers going in this, you know, 
21st round to 30th round of a 15-teamer. Um, I could keep going down the list. Spencer Turnbull, Matt Shoemaker. Uh, there are an endless list of, of pitchers who will actually have rotation spots that could, uh, could actually do something for you. Oh, I just saw another hitter I want to talk about, but I'm not going to do it. So. <laughs> well, okay. it was Jake Fraley. I don't really have that much. I actually almost brought him up, too. I almost brought him up, too. <laughs> So, so there are there are plenty of ways to go here after pick 300, but this is why we're not going to continue the uh, the ADP in future episodes. So, uh, again, thanks for thanks for bringing us up to 300 and and past with me, Zach. It's it's been cool, sort of finishing this thing I started. I, I'm I'm not sure if I'll do it again next season, but but I do feel like I, I learned some good things from it, and I hope everybody else did along the way. Um, and I really appreciate your help. Just sort of doing that i think you know this is kind of the thing that we might be talking about even if we didn't have a podcast right we would just be like what players do you like around here and so exactly it's, yeah it's well, every, every time i come coming on talk to you i learn so i learn something new at least at least something and it's been and, and it's fun and uh, i'm gonna go back and listen to these episodes at least the ones that i was on to see see whether or not i was right or wrong and so the, <laughs> the very at the very minimum it's a good way to document your thoughts before the season starts because you sometimes forget there's so much going on Hey, well, thanks, man. I, I definitely learned something when I have you on, too. And I always have a good time. So uh, thanks for being here again. Uh, tell everybody what you're up to before we go. Uh, what I'm up to is I'm um, doing uh, our podcast quite regularly, once or twice a week, it seems. Uh, Dra- uh, Draft Champions podcast. We talk about the NFBC drafts mostly. Uh, you can follow us at Draft Champagne. And we're also uh, doing a battle of the podcast, which uh, you're, you're, t- you're partaking in as well. It's fifteen. It's a fifteen-team draft and hold league. Uh, we're going to be tweeting about it and advertising it on uh, on Twitter probably, and just uh, doing uh, daily updates on who gets drafted where. There's a lot of heavy hitters in that league. Um, it's it's basically um, my, I consider it. Uh, I want a tax receipt for it because it's basically charity. <laughs> <laughs> it's basically charity. Um, so well, let's, let's go, man. Happens. I'm excited. Uh, I don't know if I told you, but last year. Draft Champions was the was the format that I did the best, and I actually did eight leagues last year, and I won four of them. So I am I'm this is like I'm psyched about this. If I have a chance against uh, guys of this caliber, this is my format. So I'm ready to go. Um, so so oh, it's, it starts off uh, starts on Wednesday, yeah. and uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a bloodbath, and it's gonna be at least I, I assume we're at least gonna get some fast paced picks. So that's that's what I'm happy about. All right. Well, people can enjoy that. Uh, again, you're at Jeff Champagne on Twitter, but also at Zach Roto. So, so people have uh, multiple ways of finding you, and uh, they can always find me at Common Sense FBB on Twitter. So, so hit us up and follow uh, follow that league that's coming. And um, thanks for listening. And as always, stay classy, Planet Baseball. <laughs>